0: And this choices series, because there's so much that God put in my heart and just downloaded, but I didn't know where to start in some ways. But I felt like trust is the ground level to being in a this, but also really bad that we're here. We have to trust him. Now, somebody that was really good at this, but also really bad that we'll hear about next week was a man named Moses. Now, you've noticed you've heard a lot about Moses' life lately, haven't you? You know, I feel like we can identify with people that are real in the Bible, right? I think we can identify with people that are insecure, people that had disabilities, meaning that he couldn't speak well. Okay? And it physically disabled him from being able to speak to Pharaoh in his mind. So his brother had to do the job kind of thing. You know, I feel like we can relate to people that struggle with uh, balance in life. Remember, we call it harmony. We try to reach for harmony. Go back in the archives. You can check that series out. It was great. You know, where his father in law has to come up and be like, Moses, you are so dumb right now. You need help. What are you doing? You can't do this by yourself. Are you with me on this? Are you seeing what I'm saying? See, I can relate to people like this, and I think you can too. But he was known as a man of God. And what's so great about Moses is that he was a real person that leaned into the Lord. He knew God intimately, okay? They had a tent of meeting where they would hang out kind of thing. A big deal, But see, we'll see later that there were some key choices along the way that made a difference in Moses' life. Next week we'll get into it more when we talk about obedience, okay? But the basis of this is trust. And when you think of somebody that grew up in Pharaoh's home, and sees the atrocity of slavery of his people and responds and murders somebody and then begins to run and becomes a shepherd and has this staff and then comes back with this staff and all this kind of, okay? It'll make sense in just a moment. I can see myself in him and you can too. Someone that was learning to trust the Lord. So we pick up in Exodus 14. I'm gonna give you some observations along the way and just a few key points that I think are very important for us. Exodus 14 Um, we're going to, we're going to just kind of cover 10 through 18, but it starts back in verse one where we see the Israelites are freed from this bondage. Finally. Okay. We'll get to it in just a second. They, They, they're freed from this bondage and all of a sudden they find themselves in the desert. They were professional complainers. Anybody have like family members like that? You'll see them in a few days. Okay. Professional complainers. Nothing is good enough. So God brings you out of bondage. Hundreds of years of slavery, and yet you're still ticked off, okay? You're still not happy, all right? This is kind of the the Israelite people. Does that kind of sound like us too? Do you see what I'm saying here? History repeats itself. So we see these guys wandering in the desert, which was a part of God's plan. But also in chapter 14, he says, Listen, what I want you to do is I want you to camp at this certain place because what's going to happen here is Pharaoh's going to think that you don't know what you're doing right now. Okay? As God is speaking to Moses, he's telling them, Camp at this place because what's going to happen if you camp here, he will have doubt. Pharaoh will have doubt that you are really being led by the Lord and that you're just wandering, wandering without a purpose in the desert. Okay? So that's what they do. And then we see God harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will come. After the Israelites, once again, thinking to himself, what in the world did we do? Why did we let them go? All of our labor is gone now, okay? So, verse 10 As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. Think about this army marching after you, the best of the best, okay? Would you be slightly freaked out? These were the same people that, when you were in slavery and bondage, you would see walking the streets as the elite of the elite of Pharaoh's military forces, okay? They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, what, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us up out of Egypt? Remember, monumental complainers. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. They thought that their current situation would be better than the freedom that God had for them. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. I love his patience. I love Moses' patience because I just be like, you guys are about the dumbest bunch of people I've ever talked to And my whole, and do you see what happened? Okay, we'll get into that later, okay? Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. Remember, chariots were like tanks of the day. And his horsemen, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. See, we see in this situation that God is trying to build trust in the hearts of the Israelites. How would you feel? You were in Egypt in bondage and things were predictable even though it was terrible. It was predictable. You knew what was going to happen tomorrow. Slavery. (laughs) You knew you were going to get whipped. You knew. No, I'm just kidding. But you knew tomorrow it was going to be the same thing. But then this guy says, hey, let's go out to the desert. Let's go to this new place that we have here. And they're just like, are you sure we're even going to, I don't even know if I want to go with you, Moses. Do you even know? God was trying to build trust in the hearts of the Israelites, and what they found themselves in and where they found themselves was between a rock, a mountain, and a hard place called the Red Sea. Are you with me? How often in life do we find ourselves in those places where God is challenging us to trust him? Where this way is a mountain, and that way it's an impassable body of water. Whatever that looks like in your life, he's trying to teach us to trust him, okay? So, couple points here. When we choose to trust the Lord, he will bring freedom to others. We're talking about Moses here. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? What have you done? Right? You see this? It would have been better bringing us out of Egypt. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians and to die in the desert. Moses' role in this time of their lives was to show them what freedom was to look like. You're like, why are you starting with the other perspective? Even yesterday when I was asking Aiden, we were out in the car, right? And we were actually, we were FaceTiming. Remember, that was fun. Okay. And I wasn't, don't worry. I was watching the road. I don't do that. All right. But we were asked like, what do you think of, buddy, when you think of choices? What do you think is the most important choice that we need to make? He's like, uh, I think caring for others. And you think about where where God started with Moses's life. It was him helping to bring freedom to others' lives. So what does this freedom look like? What does this freedom look like? It turns doubt to belief, knowledge, right? Because trust is when we lack knowledge, certainty, sureness, dependence, and reliance. Because what happens when we don't have trust, we have doubt. But also freedom brings this the ability to turn fear, because that's what we have when we don't trust, we have fear, into assurance, calmness, joy, happiness, comfort, contentment, and love. Think about that. And it takes someone else sometimes to make that happen in the lives of others. Because literally, I have never given God a high five. Has anybody given God a high five? Anybody here? If you have, Can we just cut your hand off and save it forever? Because that's really, I'm joking. But think about that. Through our lives, others are able to receive what God has for them. But it also turns past failure into blessing, success, gain, plenty, accomplishment, improvement, increase, and it turns it into enough. And you think about this. We're so bound by our past sometimes that we need to have the freedom that is found in the Lord, and we see it when others help us find it like Moses did. Second thing, when we choose to trust the Lord, he will fight for us. And it's funny, when I look back over notes you know over past sermons and I was thinking about this point because this is such a recurring point in scripture especially for Moses's life and something that he just wanted to show the world is that God will fight for you. Moses answered the people, "Do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see will never you will never see again the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. To be still. You think about this. What does this fight look like? Not being overcome by fear, not being afraid. When we know that God is with us, we do not feel this overwhelming feeling of fear. Learning to stand your ground. How often do you let people run all over you? I'm like so nice sometimes it's to a fault. Are you with me on that? Anybody feel that way? you're just like, and I'm tired of it. You know, I'm tired of being nice. I hate everybody. No, I'm just kidding. And our own get that way sometimes, don't you? Right? Because we're learning to, to stand our own ground, the ground that God created and made for us. Also learning to see the ways that God fights for you. He's like, listen, you will see the deliverance of the Lord. A lot of times we don't see hard situations as a point of deliverance. We see it as a point of pressure pushing us down, but sometimes God is trying to show you that this is the way that I want to show you deliverance and freedom in your life, but it won't happen unless we learn to stand still, to be still and know that he is God. How many of you guys are like doers? How many of you are doers? I really struggle with sitting on the couch. Anybody else with me on that? Especially when I know there's so many jobs around the house that need (laughs) Pat Riggie's like, (laughs) it's my life. Okay. But I struggle. Like literally when I study, when I study for sermons, I don't study here. Why do you think I don't study here? Everything in this place represents a task or something that I have to do in my mind you know what i mean by that i'm like well that needs to be done that needs to be done and I, and i don't know how to be still and know that, that god is god when i see so many projects around me so i leave my house for the most part i leave here and i go to starbucks and i sit at that big old table where i don't have to do anything but love on god love on the word and just be still in his presence are you with me so often we think to fight and this this will be kind of weird when you hear the next point but so often when we think to fight we just got to do 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 before we think before we stop and before we understand who he is in the process. So allowing him to fight for you is sometimes stopping and stepping back and watching. Be still and know that he is God intervening on your behalf. Watch. You can't do any of this stuff unless you stop long enough to see, right? Our lives have been a whirlwind for the last three years, four years. Crazy town, USA. USA. And sometimes I have to stop and step back. Derek, thank you for helping me even do that this morning. To stop and step back to see what God has done because I'm just in it so much. I'm in it. I'm in it, right? In our own lives, to allow God to fight for us, you have to stop, step back, and be still and know that he is God. Does that make sense? I hope so. Third is this, when we choose to trust the Lord, we will do more and talk less we will do more and talk less. You're like, what does that mean? Exodus 14, 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on, right? Why are you crying out to me, Moses? Why why are you talking to me? What is prayer? Talking to me. Why are you talking to me right now when you know what you're supposed to do? so often we stop and we're still, okay, this is where the conundrum is. We stop and then we're just like, okay, I see God fighting on my behalf. I feel like I, he's told me in these times of prayer, you know, in meditation of what I'm supposed to do next, but I'm just going to stay right here, and maybe pray a little bit longer. I'm going to talk a little bit longer to him because I feel like I just really want to be sure. You know, I want to see like 14 fleets that's laid out before me before I respond to this. I want to see like angels show up and, you know, before I really move from this place. I want God to send Jesus and to give me a high five before I move from this place. Talk less, do more. He's already told you what to do most times, but we can't get past that first place because we're supposed to be still. Yes, we hear from him in that moment, but then we keep talking and you're waiting for him to tell you more, but you didn't listen to the first part first. You stayed too long. You talked too much, and then you ended up doing nothing. The paralysis of analysis. But if I do this, I do that, and says, oh jeez, that's not gonna work at all. and not like me standing in my garage. I just had to sheetrock the whole thing so that we could qualify for our loan. Which we did. The appraisal went well. We we're gonna be closing December 18th. Holla at your boy. God is good, okay? But I stood in the garage. He's awake now. I stood in the garage and I look around I'm just like hey 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 you know where do I start? Just start. Just start. Pick up trash. Throw away this and that. Get rid of stuff, trust me. Get rid of stuff. Do more. Talk less. If he's already told you what to do once, follow those directions and maybe, just maybe, as you're walking, which has been our lives, he'll tell you what the next step will be, okay? Talk less, do more, but you have your directions already because you had it in prayer with him, okay? One of the hardest things we have to do Fourth thing is this, when we choose to trust the Lord, he will use what's in our hands. You've heard me say that before, but it's so important for you to hear it again today. Exodus 14, 16, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Can you imagine just the scene that is happening here? where a sea is divided, number one. Can you just imagine that? In your mind's eye, walking through, and you're like, oh, wow, there's the fish swimming beside me. You know, the waters are just like, I just, that's how I see it, okay? So you see Moses, though, stepping back to Exodus 4-2 when he's at that burning bush, and God says, hey, listen, what, what's in your hand? Moses, what, what's in your hand? He's like, this whole thing? Well, you know, I've been a shepherd for a long time. You know, I spent 40 years with sheep kind of thing. This was my backside of the desert thing. This was my hard life experience. And I came out of it with this staff, this this shepherd's staff here. And he's like, okay, I can use that. What do you mean? Turns into a snake, turns back into a staff. Crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying by this? Use it to show Pharaoh how powerful God is, all these kinds of things. See, a lot of times we we look and we say, what what do I have? Do you ever do that with yourself? What do I? Have? I'm not talented. I'm not gifted. I can't play the keyboard. I can't sing. I make a joyful noise. You sure do, but it's called worship. Still, okay. I can't build anything. I can't make. I can't mount TVs. You know, I, I can't put together little Christmas trees with, with little hats and little snow. You can do with your look good. What I do is just answer. No, 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 no. It's not necessarily what you can do with your hands, but what he's done in your heart. What has he done in you? What do you carry? What experience do you have? Because I can tell you 40 years on the backside of the desert taught Moses how to deal with ignorant people because he dealt with sheep. He had this experience and an understanding that was a parallel to what he was going to do in the future. Your life and what you've been through is what's in your hand that you get to use. Were you abused? Allow him to use it were you neglected allow him to use it did you did you have bankruptcy allow him, have you been through divorce have you have you been through hard relationships are you adopted you know what i mean like all these things that we have in our hands we think it's not enough but it's exactly what he wants to use in your life it's what's in your hand it's your story this is your story and you carry it with you and it will change the lives of others if you allow it, but you got to be still long enough to see it. Are you with me? So that God can use it as you move forward. What is in your hands? Fifth, when we choose to trust the Lord, he will get the credit for our victories. I love that. When we choose to trust the Lord, he will get the credit for our victories. You know, stepping back, even us, and you see this in Exodus 14, 18, the Egyptians will know that I am Lord and I will gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. When we step back, when we step back from the last three years of what God's done with the foundry, he gets credit. He gets credit that we're approached by another church saying, will you come up and take over our building? Literally, guys, I didn't do anything. I was approached from the outside, actually somebody that doesn't even go to church, to say, will you come up here? Because God wants to do something through your life that only he will get glory. We don't have chariots what I mean by this is the Foundry does not, trust you, me, have this tremendous budget. College students, you make what, like $4 a year? <laughs> let's just say the tithe isn't coming from you guys, okay? You know what I mean by this? But you can do better still. I'll trust you. Let's let's just say that we don't have chariots. Let's just say that we don't have horsemen, okay? Let's just say that our our our, our fighting ability... It's pretty on bleak versus on fleek, okay? It's not bad. It's, It's terrible, okay? Not good. Compared to somebody from the outside that could come in and say, well, we have this multi-million dollar budget. We can purchase this facility. No, no, no. God wants to do things through your life where only he can get credit. So the victory that you walk in points directly to him. And that's why he was taking the most powerful nation at this point in time, Egypt, Pharaoh to show how powerful he is when people's hearts are leaned toward him and they trust him. Are you with me? Trust is hard, isn't it? Seriously, when you look and you see this vast army approaching on you and you're just like, there's no way we can fight Moses. God, what are we going to do? And God's like, look, 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 look. I'm going to give you victory and I'm going to get glory through it. I'm going to get the credit. So we see there's a change that happens in the in the midst of this chapter of reading, but also in the midst of the Israelite people. Exodus fourteen twenty one through 31. We see this. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all the night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and their left. That is a miracle. That is a miracle, that all night he would drive a wind so that, can you imagine how nasty the bottom of the sea was? But it was dry ground. It could have been bumpy. It could have been all kinds of stuff. I don't know telling what was down there at the depths of that sea, but it was dry ground that they could walk through on. Not that they got stuck in the mud in the middle. Not that, you know, there was puddles here and there. Dry ground. The best situation to walk in. Dry ground where only God could get glory. With the wall of water to the right and left, the Egyptians pursued them. And all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and the cloud at the Egyptian army and threw them into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots. Can you imagine seeing this? These, this amazing military force coming in after the Israelites. And all of a sudden they look back and they see the chariots going... <laughs> you know what I mean? Did anybody see this with me or is it just me? Okay. It's really fun to read the word like that. Try it one day. Okay. Go back to when you were five and have an imagination, but to be able to read really cool stuff. Okay. They look back and they see all this stuff and they're still walking through on dry ground. God getting credit in all of this. Okay. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, once again, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground and a wall of water on their right and on their left. So important to understand. Okay, on the right and That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and Moses, his servant. When we choose to trust the Lord, others will too. Think about it. God said, Moses, you see this a lot. The Lord said to Moses, 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 the Lord said to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, stretch your hand out once again watch. See, God's bringing you through the rock, the hard place on dry ground to be on the other side, to watch his hand bring it all together. The Lord said to Moses, what has the Lord said to you? Because people are watching and people are listening and they're they're, they're wondering how will they trust God in this situation? They say they're a believer. They say they're a Christian. You know, I've watched them on certain ways and they've responded really well to these things you know, but this is big. This is big. This is a big body of water before them. There's a rock, an impassable place behind, an impassable place ahead. How will they trust their God now? And the Lord said to you, fill in the blank, what will you do? Will you trust him? What's your rock? What's your hard place? Will you allow God to bring you through? Will you allow Him to bring you through? Will you trust Him enough to stretch out your hand, even though you can't see the bottom of that sea before you? Will you reach out your hand and trust Him that He will respond on your behalf? Will you trust Him? Trust is a choice, it's a door that you walk through every single day. And let's be real, it's not easy. It's not easy, but what's great is to be on the other side of the sea and look back and you watch where God has brought you from. And you can say like the Israelites did that day, I will trust God too. And I'll trust you, Moses. Let's keep going. Isn't that cool? You've probably heard that story a million times before growing up, or maybe you haven't heard it at all, but it's so important to be reminded that you can trust the one who is trustworthy. He's worthy of your trust. We're going to conclude this morning with uh, one song of worship as our team comes forward. I want to challenge you with this scripture that ended with probably a few weeks ago. One of my favorites, Um, hard for me to to digest sometimes myself, the wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs 3. I'm going to start at one, but you, you hear it heat up in verse 5. My son, do not forget my teaching. But keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on a tablet, on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and men. A lot of times we don't read the precursor to what we always have recited since we were kids. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, your own perception, the way you see things. Don't lean on that like Moses leaned on the staff of God, okay? This thing that was symbolic of the Word, but also how God spoke and how God led in his life. That's what he leaned on when he needed to lean on something, okay? But it was also the thing that he lifted up when God told him to as well trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, in everything that you do, every single day, every single choice that you make, every single road that you drive, every single path that you walk, every single relationship that you have, every financial decision that you make. Are you with me here? In all your ways, submit to him, trust him, Give up ownership to him. Give up leadership and guidance of your life. Submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. He will make your paths straight. Stop fighting. Give up. Trust him. Trust him. We're going to talk about obedience next week. But it took me back to when I was a kid, and I sat in that old country church on the back roads, literally, of Culpeper County, you know. And we'd sing that song, trust and obey. Anybody remember that? Mm -hmm. Trust and obey. And I remember seeing Brother X line with that big old beard, and he'd get all pumped up with the tambourine and stuff, too. And that was our worship leader. That was fun. You guys are really blessed. (laughs) (laughs) But one of those songs was trust. Let's just start there. Let's start with trusting God with everything. Do you know what the end's going to look like? No. So many times, I didn't even see the path before us. I'm serious. You know, like planning a a celebration service up there, okay? We planned that, hoping, hoping, praying that we'd have this great celebration service saying that, welcome to your new home. But I know it was going to happen. But I trusted God, and we took the next step. We, we planned for a December 1st Christmas party up there. Thinking that if anything, hopefully, you know, we'll pastor them through this. They don't have a pastor. We'll pastor them through this transition. Love on the First Baptist Church and the family that's in there. And we'll do our, not knowing that we'd be meeting in our new home. Trust in him. This is big stuff. Trusting God. The path, you may not even see it. It may look like a wilderness before you. He'll make sure the path is cut. He'll raise up the stones before you so that you have a way when you trust Him. It may seem ignorant and foolish to others, but He's trustworthy. All right? So I'm going to pray with you guys, and then we're going to conclude this morning. I just want to challenge you if you're struggling with trust, welcome to the real world. You're not alone. and that's okay. It's okay to struggle with trust, but it's not okay to stay in that place. It's not okay to stay in the same place when you know in your heart, even though you may not feel it, you know that God wants to come through for you, just that God wants to provide a passageway on dry ground, but you just can't see it yet. Trust what's in your hands. Trust your story. Trust that he's spoken to you before and that you can't stay there any longer. Trust that you need to keep walking. Trust that what he's doing for you is for others too, that what he's doing in your life is helping to build trust in the hearts of others. You're like, but it's hard. Yep. It's not fun. I agree. This stinks. Totally with you. I get sleepless nights. Got gotcha. you. I feel like I'm so stressed, I understand. I feel like I've aged like a president in three years of ministry here. More gray, more wrinkles than anything before, but it's all good because I trust Him. Let's trust Him together. Lord Jesus, help us in our disbelief, help us in the midst of our inability to believe. Help us. You promised us like you did Moses and you did Joshua that you would never leave us nor forsake us. And let's be real, God, sometimes we feel forsaken. We don't feel like we're courageous. We feel discouraged. We feel alone. But God, help us today to be still long enough to know that you are God and to not stay in this place anymore. Help us, God, to see beyond the disbelief to see beyond the distrust, to see beyond our current circumstance, to see beyond the sea so that you can bring us through it. God, we thank you that you're trustworthy. We thank you that you're able. And we thank you that you're the Lord of our life. So God, the greatest thing we can ever do is trust you with our eternity. God, it's our hope. Man, it's our hope that we get to be with you forever through your son, Jesus. And the greatest decision we can ever make, even though we don't see all the details and understand it all, is to trust you with eternity. What does that look like? Knowing that we've all sinned and fallen short, we all have messed up and and we're not perfect. Okay, that's the first step. But the second is saying, knowing that I have sinned, I repent of that sin and I turn to you. God, I turn to you. I identify with what Jesus did. I turn to you this morning. So if you want to trust him with eternity first, just simply take one second and look at me. One second. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Okay. Anybody else real quick just so we can pray? All right. Okay. And then the second thing is this, God, we will trust you with fill in the blank. Our biggest thing right now that is the most polarizing in our heart and mind, we want to learn to trust you with that. So we trust you with eternity, knowing that you hold forever in your hands, which changes the way that we can trust you while we're here on this earth. We thank you for it. So God, I thank you this morning for that miracle of salvation, the understanding that we get to spend forever with you, Lord. Thank you that more people's names are added to that book of life, that lamb's book of life, that, that lamb who paid the sacrificial price so that we can be with you forever. Jesus, we thank you for that. And we also thank you that we're learning to trust you in new ways. We thank you, Lord. And we love you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.